This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. NTL Now is also brought to you by Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility, Mansfield University, Max Driving Academy, and the Park Hotel and Brewing Company. Now let's join the host of NTL Now, along with Joe Carrion, here's Shane Wilbur. Welcome back, Northern Tier League sports fans, and thank you so much for tuning in to yet another edition of the NTL Now podcast. Shane Wilbur here with you for another week, ready to go, and this week's episode is absolutely jam-packed, so thanks for tuning in no matter how you're listening, whatever platform, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or maybe even off the NTL Sports website. Regardless, thanks so much for taking the time to download this week's episode. Now, of course, as I just said, a very jam-packed episode this week, so let me tell you all about it. Of course, we've got District 4 Volleyball on the horizon this week. A lot of our area teams playing in championship matches. We're actually going to talk with Canton Senior Carmaya Martel. That's on the horizon coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. Also this week, District 4 Cross Country Meet happening last week. This week, though, the state meet is on the horizon, so guess what? We've got special guests and head coach of the Wyalusing cross-country team, Jim Schools. He'll be along uh, for an interview a little bit later on in the podcast. And, of course, uh, we recap some Kalineski Valley football action from this 2020 season. Head coach Mike Schmidt, he's going to join the podcast a little bit later on as well. So, yes, as I said, a very jam-packed week and looking forward to it. So let's get into it here this week, shall we? And, of course, uh, a lot of heartbreak and agony going on out in the Northern Tier League uh, from this past week's uh, soccer, volleyball, and football action for sure as we are down to just a minimal amount of teams left uh, from the fall sports season. Now, of course, uh, you know we'll recap some of the uh, action from the uh, soccer and, of course, the football action from this past week in just a little bit, but I uh, want to give you a quick heads up on what is going on uh, as far as soccer-wise goes left in our area and of course that being the Wellsboro Green Hornets the boys team they are still in action they've got a tilt with Midwest in the double A semifinals that's still to come this week also it is championship volleyball action in class A double A and triple A in class A and double A both uh, being competed at uh, Williamson High School the Canton Lady Warriors they'll be taking on Galton that'll be a 430 tilt on Thursday and of course uh, the double A between Wellsboro and North Penn Liberty. That will be a 6.30 tilt at uh, Williamson High School. And then in the AAA, and something I learned this year, the Athens Lady Wildcats competing for their first first district title, I should say, since 2005. The Lady Wildcats, they will tussle with Berwick coming up Thursday as well. That will be a 5 o'clock showdown uh, at the Berwick Middle School. So the Athens Lady Wildcats uh, hoping for a district championship as well. I was not even aware until this week uh, that they were competing in the sub-regional with District 2, so kudos uh, to the Lady Wildcats for also uh, clinching a spot uh, in the uh, AAA final 
for the sub-regional there. But, uh, yes, as uh, you know, we uh, look back on the week that was, as I said, uh, we lost uh, a lot of area teams, uh, not only in soccer, but uh, also in football action, of course. Uh, you know, as we were uh, heading towards the latter part of last week, uh, Friday was a big day uh, for football and soccer as the girls' soccer team from Troy found their season coming to a close, but a great season it was as they dropped a heartbreaker to Montoursville uh, by a score of two to nothing. So unfortunately, their season came to a close. And then later that night in uh, what was kind of a stunner, I think, uh, the Troy Trojan football team, unfortunately, saw their season come to a close as well. And, uh, you know, I was reading some uh, information from Bob Baker, uh, his sports pen from uh, earlier this week on the Northern Tier Sports Report website. And, uh, you you know, he, he put it uh, very uh, bluntly, pretty much, that, you know, sometimes uh, scenarios and uh, games and stats and everything don't really tell the full story. Well, I got to tell you, uh, Zach Miller from South Williamsport, he made a pretty good, compelling story in that playoff game against the Trojans, running for over 200 yards and four scores. And, uh, you know, it was just a, a, an interesting night uh, overall. I mean, the, the Trojans, uh, you know, they, they were moving the ball, but I don't know. It, it just seemed like things just were not clicking uh, the way things normally do for the Trojans. And unfortunately uh, for them, they just never really uh, got things going in the second half. And South Williamsport just kept their foot on the gas. And uh, the Mountaineers now, they're off to the District 4 AA final where they will take on Southern Columbia. But hey, you know, I mean, you've still got to give a tip of the cap to the Trojan squad. And they've got uh, a lot of returning talent coming back next year as well. I mean, they've got the likes of uh, Damian Land he's going to be back. Uh, their middle linebacker Chase Roberts, he's going to be back as well. So uh, still a, a lot of talent to come back from this Trojan squad. I mean, they're going to have Mason Impt, uh, Gavin Kohick, many others as well. So yeah, still uh, you know more things to come from the Trojans uh, next year as well. Now, another football action last weekend, uh, the Athens Wildcats saw their season come to a close as uh, they were defeated 43 to nothing by a very tough Danville squad. Uh, Danville basically came out of the gates firing. I think they were up like 29 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. But, uh, you know, that uh, nothing to really shake your head about uh, Danville. They're just one of those programs this year that is loaded from top to bottom. Uh, their quarterback, K.J. Riley, uh, you know, he's just one of the best in the business in District 4 and you know, for Athens, they're a team as well that's very young. Uh, they've got building blocks as well to use for next year. All of their offensive talent is all underclassmen. I mean, Babcock, uh, Lister, Shane Reed, obviously uh, Carter Rude. You know, a lot of that team, uh, they're all going to be back next year as well. So Coach Young, he's got a lot of building blocks to use uh, for the Wildcats season. And then, of course, uh, you know, as we uh, ran into Saturday, of course, the District 4 Class A final was where the Muncie Indians, again, just, uh, you know, find a way to come to Canton and pull out uh, another victory for the District 4 Class A Championship. Of course, that their third in three years. And, you know, uh, parents and uh, people, you know, uh, who I've had the opportunity to talk to, and, and they, they keep asking me, you know, I mean, what is it about uh, this Muncie-Canton matchup where Muncie just finds ways to, uh, you know, win these games late? And, you know, the, the answer is, for me, it's 
it's pretty simple, you know. It's Muncie's a very quality program, you know, and it's not a fluke that they've been able to come to Canton and win these last three years. And the thing about Muncie is they're just as young of a team in District 4 Class A right now as, uh, you know, the Canton Warriors are. So, I mean, for those who, who think this matchup is over, I mean, think again. I think this is going to be probably the District 4 Class A matchup at least, you know, heading into, uh, you know, uh, the, the next couple of seasons anyway. Now, of course, you know, you want to knock on wood, Lord willing, everything works out. But uh, I really feel like, you know, as long as both teams stay healthy, both teams keep improving the way things are going, uh, Canton and Muncie, you know, those two teams, they've got a lot more battles to come here over the coming years. But, uh, you know, this is no fluke that Muncie finds a way to win these uh, District 4 championships. And, you know, as good as the uh, Canton Warriors played, it comes down to, you know, making plays late and uh for Muncie they just found a way to make those plays late and Ross Iyer just found himself uh in the key places at the key times and that's just kind of the way it goes and uh you know you tip your cap and uh move on and get ready for uh you know the off season and for all of those teams you know Canton Troy and Athens the good thing is they're all quality programs they've all got building blocks to work with heading into next year and that's definitely going to be something that uh, we'll definitely be looking forward to as the year goes on. Now, as I said, this week's podcast is absolutely loaded with interviews this week. And well, we're going to take some time here and uh, step aside. And when we come back, we'll start uh, jumping into those coming up here in just a bit as uh, it is state cross country meet time on the horizon later this week. And uh, to talk about that, we will have Y Losing head coach Jim Schools. He'll be coming up next. But first, we're going to take some time and uh, thank our good friends from Circle W Sports. So stick around because Coach Schools from Wyalusing. He's up next on the NTL Now podcast. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It links highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. All right, we are back here on the NTL Now podcast this week. And, of course, the District 4 cross-country meet has come and gone. And, of course, the Losing Lady Rams again, your Class A girls District 4 champions in a repeat mode. The District 4 uh, boys saw the Losing Rams uh, also qualify some boys for the state meet, too. It's been a very productive season for the Rams. And joining us now here on the podcast, of course, uh, the legend at the helm himself, Coach Jim Schools and uh, Coach, thanks so much for taking some time for the podcast this week. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, I'm not so sure about the legend part, but uh, I, I appreciate that. And I, I appreciate being asked on uh, this podcast. I listen to your podcast every week. I love it. Uh, it's great. You're doing a great job in promoting uh, NTL sports, uh, all NTL sports uh, throughout the uh, sports season and the school year through uh, wherever everybody listens to it. 
Hey, Coach, you know, definitely uh, appreciate the props, but, uh, you know, the focus now, obviously, you know, is for uh, yourself and uh, obviously your cross-country team. Now, of course, you know, coming into this season, you knew there was a lot of potential on both, you know, the boys' and the girls' sides uh, coming out of this year. Uh, what did you think would have to happen, uh, not only in the preseason, but also, you know, just as the season went on uh, for this team to reach their goals? Well, first of all, I'd like to say how much I really enjoyed coaching this team. Um, they they really put in a lot of hard work, and and I, I the the maturity of this team to be able to uh, put the hard work in and keep showing up day in and day out, not knowing what was going to happen, uh, and they they were there, right? And they did it, and they worked as hard as they could do. And, and we, we had a saying for the season that we have to engage in the present. The best way to prepare for the future is to engage in the present. And that's, that's what we needed to do in order to have the success that we did. We needed to engage in what we were doing that day and not worry about whether or not we were going to have practice tomorrow or the meet was going to get canceled or whatever. So we had to have that mindset that we were – appreciative of the fact that we got to actually practice that day. We got to go and run. We got to go and work out and not worry about the things that we cannot control, but focus on what we can control and let everything else take care of itself. Now, Coach, I, you know, I'm really curious about this because, you know, sometimes you run into a situation where, you know, you, your guys' team has a lot of the talent or your girls' team has uh, more of the core talent. You're in the situation where both of your teams are just stacked with talent on both the girls' and the boys' side. So, I mean, does it make it a little bit more of a challenge on your front knowing, you know, you've got to put focus 50-50 uh, into both teams? Or, I mean, is it a little bit easier knowing that, you know, these two teams are so focused on, you know, uh, a winning pedigree that, you know, it just makes your job a little easier? Well, uh, that's that's a very good question. Uh, it, it's it kind of does make it easier because then we have both programs on the same page. So therefore they, 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 they share in their success. So when the girls team has a good day, has success, then the boys team shares in with that. And that kind of, they help motivate each other when, when you have both teams that are being successful. Uh, when you have one team that's really good and the other team that's not, I wouldn't say that there's animosity on the team, but it, 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 it leads to a lot of like uh, I won't say bad feelings, but you know what I mean. But but when they're both being successful like that, they they really help and encourage each other, uh, especially like when we're doing a hard workout or there's a very difficult race that we have to run or a difficult course. They're out there cheering for each other, uh, both the guys and the girls, and and it's 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 genuine. It wasn't. It isn't just like you know I'm just doing this because coach says I have to. Like they really. Uh, work together they like working together and when they have that equal kind of talent it, it helps gel the whole program so now you know obviously with you know such a shortened season uh you know some schools found themselves 
being shut down along the way, you know, with, with COVID restrictions and such. I'm curious, you know, as far as your girls team goes, because obviously, you know, the, the team title was really big on that side. I mean, were you able to, you know, keep track of other teams around District 4? Did you kind of have an idea of where your girls stacked up or did you just kind of have, uh, you know, the focus on, you know what, we're just going to handle our business and uh, not worry about anybody else and just go and do this? Well, fortunately for the Internet, uh, we were able to kind of keep track of what was going on. We knew about the girls from Southern Columbia. Uh, obviously, we knew about Troy. That was right in our in our neighborhood. Um, so we were able to tell, and we knew about Hughesville on the boys' side. So we were able to tell uh, because, you know, the, the PHAC, the teams down there were pretty good at posting the results on PentrackXC.com. So it was it was pretty easy to to kind of see who we were going to compete against and what we had to do uh, to get uh, where we wanted to be. Um, not as easy as it had been before because before, like you would you know we would run against one team and then like Hughesville would run against that team and we can kind of compare. Uh, this we were just kind of looking at times and figuring out whether or not the courses were difficult, whether they can run the times, or if it's an easy course or whatever. Uh, so, I mean, we had a really good idea. We, we had pretty much had everybody scouted out. We, we knew Hughesville was that tough. There, that, that was not a surprise. Uh, and we knew that Southern Columbia was going to be the, the team to beat from down there. Um, so there wasn't really anything and, uh, that surprised us for that. And, and that helps the kids, too. So if, if, they, if they have in the race, they see something that – you know, an, another athlete that's right there that they need to run and compete against, uh, then that helps kick in the competitive juices. Now, you know, you touch on it as well as far as, you know, just the course itself. Uh, Bloomsburg University obviously could not host districts this year due to their COVID issues. You get placed at Warrior Run, you know, uh, basically a, a new course for probably most of uh, the Northern Tier schools anyway. I mean, was there concern at all, you know, going into this district meet at Warrior Run, given the fact that, you know, you, you probably hadn't run there before? Or did you kind of feel like, you know what, this could be a level playing field for most everybody because probably... Probably not a lot of uh, runners have run there. Yeah, uh, first of all, I want to uh, tip my hat to Warrior Run for hosting the meet. They did an excellent job in getting that course ready for us to run. Uh, and get, even though it was very bad weather, uh, they stepped up big time. I really appreciate the fact that, that they did that. Um, so to answer your question, uh, th they did post a video of the course along with the map. So we watched the video several times. We watched it at practice, so we kind of had an idea where the turns were, where the hills were. Uh, we knew where the marker mile markers were. We knew where the start and the finish line was. So we had a pretty good idea of what was going on. But, yeah, uh, to go to your point about being a level playing field, exactly. And, and that I think that kind of helped us out because I know Southern Columbia did not run on that course at all, and I know Troy did not run. So we were all running that the first time. So that definitely put uh, was a factor, and we were able to take advantage of that. For the boys, I know Usual did not run that either. Uh, and again, it didn't matter because Usual, you know, was that much better of a team. But as far as us with the other teams that were there, you know, it 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 definitely made it a better playing field. Then at Bloomsburg, because, you know, they had that invitational at Bloomsburg. Some kids can go there and run that. Uh, sometimes we go there. Sometimes we don't. 
So it, it, it did what I thought it helped us out, making it uh, a level playing field. Hey, you wake up uh, that morning, you get the kids on the bus, it's pouring rain, it's cold, it's just, you know, one of those days where you got to find that extra gear to be able to kind of find that motivation to want to run. I mean, did, did the weather conditions at all have you concerned, you know, that, you know, you, your team might not run the best times that they've uh, put in this year? Well, an- another saying that we had uh, all season long was adapt and overcome. And this was just another thing that we had to adapt to and overcome. All right, we've, we've been doing it, and this is exactly what we told the kids. We've been doing it all season long, no different than today. We've got to adapt to what the weather conditions are and overcome it. We can either let, again, control the, control the controllables. Don't worry about what you can't control. We can't control the weather. That's not anything that we're going to get ourselves super worried about because we can't do anything. That's just going to waste the energy for that. Um, fortunately, we were in the first and second race of the day, so our thoughts were that the rain would, the, the course would not deteriorate that much by the time that we ran. Uh, in the boys' race, it, it did. It, it deteriorated very quickly after the first race. And I wasn't so worried about the times that we were going to have on the course because everybody was in the same situation. So, and unlike track where everything is seated on time and cross country is based on place. And that's, that's the kind of attitude that we worked, that we talked about before the race, before the guys, right? It doesn't matter what our time is today. It matters what our position is in the race. And, um, so we we were our times were a little slow, but considering the weather conditions, I mean, I was not at all disappointed with with our performance that we had there, uh, the efforts, level of efforts, because like I said, the conditions deteriorated very very quickly uh, by the time that race went, and there were still two more races afterwards. So you've got the state meet now on the horizon. Obviously, the girls will be uh, more focused on a, uh, a team trend, trying to claim that state title on the team side. You've got the boys, more of an individual thing for them. I mean, what's the message for you as you approach, you know, both scenarios here? I mean, is it kind of the same to both groups, or do you have to make it a little different given the fact that the goals are a little different? Yeah, yeah, definitely a little bit different. Uh, you know, and, and the more like, I was doing – doing some uh, research today on the the teams that we're going to be racing against. And, and I honestly, I really like this wave format that we are uh, going to be using down there. So for the girls, we're going to be racing against the, the champions from districts one through six and then in our wave. And then in the second wave is going to be the district champions of seven through 12. So now that takes our meet, our, our, our race down to just 42 runners. So now we, we can get in there. So now our, our philosophy, our, our strategy here is to get in and actually race with these other girls. When you get the big state meet like it normally is, you kind of get, you can get lost in the shuffle very quickly. You can be having a good race and look up and see that there's a hundred kids in front of you and, you know, and get discouraged even though you're having a really good race. Where now we're going to be in that tight little um, group, so we're going to be able to get in and race with them, and get in and be competitive with them. So then, then we have to wait for the second wave to get done, and then see how they go. Now the same same thought with the boys. You know, now when they get into the individuals, they're going to be racing against 
the individual qualifiers from districts one through six in theirs. And there are some really good individuals who did not make it on a team that are going to be racing, especially in, in our wave. So uh, I think that's going to be really good for like Zion and Justin because they're going to be able to get in there and compete with those kids and not get lost in the shuffle of a big meet. And I, I, I'm looking forward to I think this is going to really help produce some really good performances because we've got that competitive spirit now and get in there and fight with them uh, and, and race with them rather than just kind of like running out on our own amongst the sea of 250 runners. Now, of course, you know, when you get to the state level, uh, obviously, you know, everybody who's there has definitely earned their spot. Uh, your Lady Rams have obviously got to be one of the uh, top teams going into this uh, state meet coming up later this week. I'm curious, though, you know, you've had a chance to kind of look at some of the times. Uh, who are some of the teams that, uh, you know, you know that your Lady Rams are going to have to run very quality to beat uh, down there? Um, I, I Just looking off of what I've seen, I, I think the top team, the team to beat down there is Mohawk from District 7. Uh, but there, there's going to be some really good teams in our particular wave. So the champion from District uh, 2 is Montrose, which I, I think we're very compatible with, and I'm really glad that they're in with us. Uh, we are kind of familiar with them. Um, the, the girls kind of know each other from past meets, so they know that they can run with them and run with, the, uh, run, run with some of the other girls from Montrose. Uh, District 3 is York Catholic, which is really good. A decent team, but I think we compete with them. And then Penns Valley from District 6. Uh, they're, they're loaded up front. They've got three uh, really fast girls up front. Uh, but then their, their depth is down a little bit after that with 4 and 5. So those are in our wave. We're looking at York Catholic, Montrose, and Penns Valley uh, to compete with. And then from wave the second wave, uh, the top team coming out of there is going to be Mohawk from District 7. Coach, this just sounds like a really good program that's going on right now here uh, on both the girls and the guys' side. So, you know, kind of to get you out of here, I mean, obviously, you know, you still have goals you need to compete with uh, going forward with the uh, end of this season coming up. But, you know, talk to me about what the future holds here for this Wyalusing Rams cross-country program. I mean, are there even, you know, bigger and better things yet to come? I mean, are we just tipping the iceberg with what's to come from the girls and the guys here going forward? Um, I, I, I would, I hope so. I mean, that's, that's the plan. Uh, the, uh, our, our girls junior high team had some very good success this year. Uh, we lose a bunch of girls from the varsity team. Uh, but we still have a good core of younger girls, plus with these girls coming in uh, from the junior high program coming up. Uh, the future looks very bright with, for them. Uh, for the guys, we're not really losing that much, and we still we have some junior high kids that are going to come up and step in pretty good. Uh, so um, the, 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 the success is looking bright for the future. Um, we'll, we'll just see how things play out. Uh, as far as, you know, hopefully we get through this COVID problem and we can get ourselves onto the, the next level. But I, I, I told my team at the beginning of the season, I said, there, there are teams in this league 
that are not going to survive this. They will not get back to the level that they were prior to this shutdown. I said, and we need to work really hard, extra hard, at not being one of those teams. We need to work hard so that we are successful, and not just for this season, but for um, seasons in the future. Coach Jim Schools, head of the Wyalusing cross-country team. It's been a pleasure having you here on the podcast this week, and uh, good luck to your girls' team uh, down at the state meet, and good luck to your uh, boys as they run in the individual uh, running as well. And uh, congrats to you on the success for the Rams program on both the girls' and guys' sides this year. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I'd like to give a shout-out to my assistant coach, Ellen Coates. Uh, she is literally nine months pregnant. And she, at the district meet last week, she's out riding her bike all around the course in that rain, you know, cheering the kids on, giving splits, doing all kinds of stuff. And, and if, if it wasn't for her and all the hard work that she has done, uh, our success this season would not have gotten to the level that it has. So what you're saying is is the, the future baby-to-be has already gotten a taste of what it's like to be a future <laughs> Ram runner. That is true, yes. Yes, it has. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Coach Schools, thank you again for taking some time thank this you. week. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you on the podcast later on down the road. And good luck to you and the Rams uh, down at the state meet this week. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Endless Mountain Brace Mobility in Troy is a proud supporter of our area athletes in the Northern Tier League. Parents, don't just trust anyone if the athlete in your family is injured. Let the experts at Endless Mountain's Brace and Mobility be there to help make the recovery process as easy as possible. Call them today for more information on how they can help at 570-297-2993. That's 570-297-2993. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5, and closed Saturday and Sunday. That's Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy. There's always that night of the week when the family just wants something different. And whether or not you want to dine in or carry out, the Park Hotel and Brewing Company is your solution. Call 570-673-8777 for the Park Hotel and Brewing Company in Canton. Remember, you can like their daily specials by liking their Facebook page. District 4 Volleyball, one of the main sports in action this week here. And, of course, a lot of NTL teams in action this week. And, of course, we've got the defending Lady Canton Warriors in action as well. Joining us now here on the NTL Now podcast is Canton senior Carmaya Martel. And, Carmaya, thanks for taking some time for the podcast this week. Yes, thank you. All right, so Carmaya, obviously, you know, this is a, a big year for you being your senior season and such. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, to start, what were some of your personal goals uh, coming into your senior season uh, on your own front? I was really excited to take the leadership role, and my biggest focus was creating a group of girls that were successful in and out of the court and just overall got along and loved the game together. Now, could you kind of tie that in with some of the team goals as well? I mean, was that kind of basically the focus uh, of everyone, you know, to just kind of form a, uh, a united front this season? Yeah, in years past, we've had some, like, um, problems and just minor things, but this year we really wanted to focus on working together and becoming one instead of 
individuals out in the court. All right. So now what were some of the strengths of this team coming into the season? I mean, was there a lot of returning starter depth? I mean, did you like what uh, potentially some of the underclassmen might bring? Uh, what were some of your uh, thoughts on some of the strengths coming into this year? We had some core positions that were are very hard to replace, but the newcomers brought a lot of different um, attributes and different heights to the team that really changed. So along the line with, you know, strengths of this team, what were some of the, the question marks that you might have had or teammates might have had or even Coach Alexander might have had that uh, might have been, you know, something that uh, needed maybe improved upon as the year went? I mean, were, were there some positions that you knew were going to have to be kind of battled out for in camp, something along those lines? We had a few positions that were open because a lot of our girls are versatile. So it automatically just came down to who tried the hardest who was hitting well during practices now of course you know the, the lady warriors you guys come firing out of the gate i think you were like two and oh three and oh and then all of a sudden you know the the covid shutdown comes to the school district uh your team gets shut down cross country you know football everything else uh, how did the covid shutdown affect the morale of the team i'm sure you were in contact with a lot of the girls i mean what was going on like in chats behind the scenes during this whole shutdown time it was really difficult for us, but we knew that we were such a tight-knit team that we would have team Zoom meetings. I would run safe and controlled workouts on the track, and we just really tried, we tried to stay connected with each other instead of just wandering off and losing that team spirit. Definitely something hard to uh, do, and uh, you know that's really a big role uh, of a senior leader for sure. But now, of course, you know you go through the three-week uh, transition time of the shutdown. But now, you know the season's picking back up. Uh, what was the message from Coach Alexander on how to approach uh, the restart of the season? I mean, you guys had a lot of games condensed into such a short period of time. Our coach knows um, our strength, and overall, she just wants us to be confident in who we are as a player because she knows that we have the ability to take it that far but we're the ones that have to push ourselves to take it to the next level you know you had to get so many games in to be able to qualify for districts uh, how big of a relief was it knowing you know you finally hit that barrier and that you were actually going to be qualified for the district playoffs it was so exciting because we've all been working so hard and we worked all quarantine still working out and still making time to spend time with our team together now, you know, like we said, there was a lot of games, you know, in that small amount of time, you know, coming down the stretch. Were you worried about any kind of uh, fatigue with the team? I mean, was Coach Alexander trying to give you a break or a night off here and there whenever she could squeeze one in for you? Yeah, I mean, it was great that we would just play every night and people were, like, really excited and it just kept that um, the energy up. But Coach definitely knew that we didn't really need a physical break because we do work hard. We more or less needed a mental break because people would get defeated from in and out of the in and out of the gym. Now, of course, obviously, you know, the other night, uh, the District 4 playoffs get underway. Uh, you get the uh, three-set sweep over Sugar Valley Rural Charter. I mean, what was uh, that type of uh, game in your mind? I mean, do you feel like uh, the Lady Warriors played, you know, one of their best games? Do you feel like maybe you left something on the court that, uh, you know, you uh, might need to improve upon as you get ready to head into the district final? I think we really picked up our defense, and I was really impressed about the, how we translated what we did in practice to the game. But I think that I wouldn't be content in leaving that game as our last because our offense and just overall, we could have 
we could have pulled through better than we did. For the District 4 final later this week, uh, you're going to take on the Lady Tigers from Galeton. Uh, I'm curious, I mean, is this a team that you have some familiarity with? Is this kind of a team you haven't seen at all this season yet? I mean, what, what's the what's the standing with Galeton going into this matchup? This year we haven't seen them, but we have played them a few times in tournaments in years prior. But we're overall just really excited to see some new challenges and play a new team. I mean, I know there's, you know, uh, some senior leadership, obviously, you know, uh, Coach Alexander loves mixing in underclassmen from time to time if they're uh, up to the standard of varsity. But uh, I'm curious, what would it mean, you know, for you and your fellow seniors to be able to add another district title to your legacies? I mean, you girls have really been on a a really good stretch run here, uh, you know, even through your time uh, through the varsity level. Overall, it would just mean a lot to me because it shows, like, our team really puts in the hard work that people don't see behind the scenes and those district titles just they validate for us that all that time we put in it makes a difference all right so now of course as we said later this week uh, you've got uh, the big matchup for the district four championship you're going to take on the lady tigers here from galton and uh, i'm curious you know i mean what's been kind of the message here over uh, you know the last couple of days i mean you've had the game uh this past tuesday night obviously you know now you are into you know the the finals uh later this week i mean what's been the message from coach alexander here trying to keep you girls relaxed overall at practice all we've been talking about is coach has all the confidence in us in the world but it comes down to us having confidence in ourselves so each day in the gym we've been working on being confident in ourselves and really coming out of the gate and playing the way we can play what's kind of been going through your head you know i mean you've been talking with teammates as well what have you kind of been uh, resonating to the girls as far as you know what uh, what you and your fellow seniors want to see out of this team we just really want each and every one of us just go after them play our hardest and just not give up all right, so Carmaya, obviously, you know, good luck to you and the Lady Warriors as you get ready for this uh, big matchup with Galton coming up on uh, Thursday night later this week. And uh, hopefully, you know, you bring home yet another crown for the Lady Warriors. And, uh, you know, good luck to you and your future endeavors as well. Yes, thank you so much, Shane. At Mansfield University, we're proud to offer affordable, life-changing education. With more than 40 degree programs, from two-year degrees to bachelor's and master's programs, Mansfield University has something for everyone. Small class sizes allow students to receive a personalized, hands-on education, making the value of your degree go even further. Learn how an affordable education at Mansfield University can benefit you at mansfield.edu. Max Driving Academy in Canton, the new way to teach your student driver the responsible way to be the safest driver they can be. Call Tim Mackinich today at 570-404-7815 or check them out online at maxdrivingacademy.com or remember you can like Max Driving Academy on Facebook as well. That's Max Driving Academy in Canton. Time to talk some NTL football this week here on the NTL Now podcast. And it gives me great pleasure to do a little season recap on the Kalineski Valley Indians. And joining me to do that this week, uh, their head coach in his second season just finished it up, uh, head coach Mike Schmidt. And uh, Mike, thanks for taking some time this week on the podcast, my friend. Absolutely, Shane. Good to talk to you, buddy. 
Hey, Mike, you know, last year we caught up uh, at Media Day, and I got to tell you, man, I was just really impressed with the attitude uh, that you had and, and the positivity that uh, you were looking forward to in uh, taking over the Kalineski Valley program. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, just uh, reflect back on last year with me. I mean, what did you learn uh, with this team, you know, through your first season as the head coach? That's a good question. You know what? I learned humility. Uh, pretty quick, you know what I mean. It was uh, I had come from a program where we had established ourselves, and, and uh, it was what I learned is I had to go back to the basics with these guys, um, really kind of start fresh uh, as far as not just basic football, but just basic technique, the beginnings of weight rooms. The program itself was just kind of running by itself, and so uh, I had to I had to learn how to really kind of manage a different style of football. Uh, here at, at CV, and, and uh, it was a very interesting first year to say the least. You've got two seasons under your belt. Uh, what did you see uh, as improvement uh, from last year to this year with this group? The biggest thing I see right now is the off-season stuff. Kids are in the weight room more. Um, my first year here when we when we uh, went on the field, um, I don't know if I had, I think I had two kids maybe bench pressing over 200 pounds and, and squatting uh, close to 300, and then uh, – we were moving pretty good last year through before the COVID stuff hit and we got a, got pushed out of the weight room. But uh, I think I see now that kids kind of understand of, of a process that it takes to move to that next level. Now, the, the one good thing I think about, uh, you know, the, the Kalineski Valley Indians this year was I really liked, you know, seeing that, you know, your games were competitive in the early part of the year. Unfortunately, you know, the, the wins still weren't coming. Uh, how did you manage to keep the, the positive attitudes with this group, even though, you know, there, there did seem to be some improvement showing this year? Well, Shane, I've always been about process. I've always been about what it takes to be good. So uh, we were able to focus on things on film that were better than last year and just getting better each game. Um, so we were able to focus on process of improvement. So when you do that, you focus on the little things that are going to make you better in the long run, not just whether or not you win and lose games. It, it, it definitely doesn't help as much within outside of your team, you know, because the people's, you know, people just gauge you basically on wins and losses. But the reality is, when you watched film, there were some things that we were doing really well with a young football team. You know, and I think what was really impressive, uh, it was both sides of the ball, really. I mean, you'd watch uh, highlights, you know, I'd catch a glimpse here and there, you know, and I'd see the offense, you know, having two or three good scoring plays a game, or the defense was making a, a critical stop here and there. And of course, you know, you no, know, it wasn't translating to wins, but I think improvement was, uh, you know, kind of the big key word that I was seeing and hearing, you know, when it came to this team. And that's just it. That goes back to the humility part, right? Some Sometimes as coaches, you know, we, we tend to think we know too much. And, uh, you know, it, it's not so much you, you learn. The old saying is, you know, it's not how much you know. It's how much you can teach or how much they can know. And so I think that's the other thing for us, too, is just making sure we find the right process for those guys, the right schemes that are simple enough to, to really do right. And, and I think that's where we were. I think, I think as we got better, we, we actually got simpler and kids were doing their, their, their job correctly and holding each other accountable by knowing what each other's supposed to do. So that's really kind of the, the, 
the route we took. Now, what I think was very impressive, you know, throughout this year, and it didn't matter if it was, you know, maybe talking with coaches in casual conversations, even, uh, you know, officials who may have had your game or whatever the previous week, was it was your peers who are out there, you know, making these kinds of uh, remarks and comments saying, you know, Coach Schmidt and this Kalineski team, you know, they're, they're there to compete for four quarters. We can just kind of notice, you know, this change in attitude, this improvement that seems to be going on, you know, and it really looks like Coach Schmidt's really starting to have, you know, an effect and he's really starting to make his mark on the program. I mean, what does it mean to you to have, you know, these peers on the outside taking notice of how things are, are starting to really turn the corner over there? It's always about what the kids get to experience. And I just, I felt when I got here that our boys here at CV weren't experiencing what true high school football is, which is what you're talking about, just competing and having teams respect you. And uh, and it's hard to respect yourself sometimes. And so I feel, for me, I, it feels good to know that, that people talk about that, but ultimately it feels good for me to know that our boys can hold their head up a little bit when they're walking around the community and doing different things. And, you know, I, it'll it'll, at some point, Hopefully in the near future, it'll, it'll progress to winning a few more games, which helps. But, you know, to me, it's more about how you play the game. Um, and that goes whether or not you're playing for a state championship or, you know, just trying to get that first win. It really does matter you know, how people view your team. If you're good, people will tell you you're good. You don't have to tell anybody about it. Even though the, the early part of the season maybe didn't go the way you wanted, hey, you know, the, the back end of the season, you really started to uh, put some things together. I mean, you had the uh, struggles in the first half at Bucktail. You get that come-from-behind win there. And then, of course, obviously, you know, you finish the season strong. You get the 67-point effort uh, taking on Columbia Montour Votech. I mean, what does it mean for not only uh, the kids, the program itself, to have that kind of positive momentum, you know, to end the season on and get ready to head into, uh, you know, this uh, second off season for you. Well, I think the thing I love the most about it is that we just we spread out everything because uh, we had the first half of the year. Our quarterback was Tucker St. Peter, and he got hurt. Um, and then the second half of the year, uh, Jacob Schmidt had to come in. But Jacob Schmidt goes to school at Williamson High School, um, which is down the road. Canyon Brown who goes to Northern Potter High School, had an unbelievable year, 50 catches plus. Um, so, you know, I think that's what ultimately I like is that that last game when we scored all those points, we had six guys score, and all those guys weren't just CV guys. There were some Williamson kids in there. There were some Northern Potter kids in there. And so I think for that it just shows that we're just we're trying to build a team. We're not trying to have one great player and hope he makes a great a great a great year of it you know and that's kind of what we had last year we only had a couple of kids that were really outstanding but this year we had a lot of guys that were out there scoring touchdowns and making a name for themselves and they're all going to be back so that's what i want to develop is a true team that we can withstand every year when we lose kids the next year, we also just keep going through. You know, and you just touch on a very underrated thing about this Kalineski Valley program is it's not just one school and a group of players. You know, you've got to blend in kids, you know, from like basically two different school districts to try and, uh, you know, bring in a, a co-op kids as well from Northern Potter. I mean, how, how difficult is that to try and, you know, put together a, a group of kids like that from so many different schools when really you don't have them like right at your uh, whim to be able to get a hold of them you know you got to wait for them to travel get to practice and everything I mean uh, yeah. how much yeah. of a how much of a I, I guess obstacle
physical or whatever does that even pose into the mix? You know, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely. A, it, I wouldn't say it's a negative, but it's definitely something that adds a lot to it because the reality is, I don't really see some of those kids like you're talking about. So you have to have strong kids at those other schools, and our numbers are still down. Shane, we don't have a lot of kids out. So the reality. For us is if we pick up six kids from Williamson and two kids from Northern Potter, that's all we get. You still need them to to to, to be part of what you're doing. So yeah, it is a tough thing. I don't really know if I have a great answer for it. I just it's constant communication. There's I, you know today's world, really that's kind of what COVID has taught us is how to do all this stuff virtually and on Zooms and sending out information for kids to get workouts in. Both schools, Williamson and Northern Potter, are really helpful to us and helping kids get in the weight room so uh, we're pretty blessed and we have an un- our district does a great job of, of transporting these kids around so a big shout out goes to our superintendent and school board that helps us do that so now let me ask you this with, with kind of the positive momentum you have going on here i mean that can only help benefit more as far as you know recruiting more kids in helping the numbers and such like that correct you know i think people say that and sure people want to be part of a winning program i think if you just have people that are involved uh, more kids come out, but yeah, that, I, I think you hope that that's what happens, and we show that you know we're going to throw the ball around and do some fun stuff, and you hope that happens. But I don't know if I don't know if it's just an automatic correlation there, but it definitely helps um, to do that. That to have some more success and to see kids doing things. So, Coach, I'll get you out of here with this. I mean, what now uh, is the future for this program of Kalineski Valley? I mean, obviously you've had two years to start laying the building blocks, the foundation and everything. Where now is the next step for Kalineski Valley football to go? That's that's what we talk about all the time. I think the, the step that we have to take now is to kind of separate ourselves from – other teams that I feel that, that, you know, that I feel like we have to take another step where we are considered a good program. And what I mean by that is uh, I was lucky enough to secure a job at Kalineski Valley High School now as a teacher. So that allows us for me to have a better weight program and allows me to have a better off season to get kids in. I can travel to those other schools now. I'm at a centralized location. We have to have a better, you know, involvement in seven on seven in the summer. We have to get out. Right, we need to get out of just being here in Northern Tioga and being out of Tioga County and going and doing seven-on-seven tournaments and and kind of showcasing our kids to other people. And I think that's it. We just got to kind of separate ourselves from being a small rural program into saying, well, we're going to lift weights, we're going to do the things that are right, we're going to do off-season work, we're going to play other sports and showcase our talent in other sports. So that's just the process. You just keep building upon that, and then you you try to keep those younger kids and get more younger kids in the program and pass them through this whole program to make them better in the end. So um, I'm geared up to do it. I'm excited about it. I've really, I've, I've, I think you know, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. Um, I was, I'm coming from a really successful place. And I, and now that I've kind of started again, man, I just feel like I have a new energy to, to build that here because we need it in our small, small little piece of Pennsylvania to get our guys out there to get them competing and to be, you know, pride, have some pride about their program. So 
that's really what we're trying to do, instill that in our kids, and hopefully they'll be contagious and, and catch along the way. Well, Coach, you know, I got to tell you, a lot of people out there are taking notice, myself included. You've really got this program going in the uh, right direction, and uh, we hope to see nothing but uh, more success come in the years to come uh, for this Kalineski Valley program. So, Coach, congratulations on a uh, successful 2020 campaign, and we'll hope to uh, talk to you as we head towards the 2021 season and uh, continued success. and. Keep doing what you're doing because obviously it's working. Hey, thanks so much for all you do for, for high school sports. You know, we're, you know, anytime you want to talk, we'll be more excited to talk to you about it, and I hope so too. I hope we continue to go where we're going, and, and just a big thanks to everybody out there. And again, a big thank you to head coach Mike Schmidt from Kalineski Valley Football for taking some time here on the podcast this week. Also want to thank uh, head coach Jim Schools from Wyluson Cross Country and, of course, Canton Volleyball senior Carmaya Martell as well uh, for taking some time this week, too. It's a busy week as the state cross country meet gets going later this week. Also, District 4 boys soccer. Good luck to the Wellsboro Hornets as they play Midwest later this week as well. And, of course, don't forget we've got the District 4 uh, volleyball finals as well. Canton Galton for the Class A final, Wellsboro North Penn Liberty for the Class AA final, and Athens and Berwick, remember, for the District 2 4 sub regional for AAA as well. So good luck to all of our area teams still competing in the postseason. Remember, you can give us a follow on Facebook, on Instagram at NTL Now Podcast, and of course on Twitter as well at NTL Now Pod. And of course, remember, no matter how you listen, Keep telling your friends, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, even the ntlsports.com website as well. All good places where you can find the NTL Now podcast. Folks, this is Shane Wilbur saying so long. Have yourselves a great week. We'll talk next week for more NTL sports action. And, of course, remember the NTL Now podcast is an exclusive production of Circle W Sports. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.